Hello, and welcome to another episode of Dear Hollow Heroes. And as always, I'm here with Meek Man Liam Meekum. What is going on, guys? And Rose Pierre Rob Kelly. I am so tired. And let's get straight. So let's. A lot of energy today. I'm just tired. Chipper, one would say. (laughs) But uh, we have uh, some Dear Hollow Heroes news to get to first off. I mean, I think the best way to put it is if you were watching us on video, we have a brand new set. Whoa. So the set is, what was it? I think I started and then you, you went right in and changed it. So I made a draft and Liam edited it. That's basically how we got here. I was no help at all, <laughs> as always. <laughs> oh my god! Let us know the thoughts on it. Um, anything we can change to yep. make it more pleasing to the eye? Exactly. And just let us know on socials, or of course, comment on anywhere where you got this podcast. So, I think it's time we go straight into the top story. Let's hit it. So, the Super Bowl matchup is set. After the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Baltimore Ravens 17-10 and the 49ers beat the Lions 34-31, we know who will be facing off to put their name down in history. But let's take a look back at those conference championship games. The Ravens began the game as the number one team, but when they started with a three and out, that was a sign of things to come. Multiple mental errors and numerous plays left on the field aided the Chiefs and their dominant defensive performance to shut down the number one team. With help of Travis Kelsey and his 11 catches off 11 targets for 116 yards and a touchdown, the Chiefs are going to the big game for the fourth time in Mahomes' six years as a starter. So, what happened to Baltimore? Rob. I think I want to start. <laughs> yeah, no, you're not starting this one. You're not starting this one. I I started writing this as soon as this game ended. It's written? It's written. Well. Oh, yeah. yeah. You got it written right there. I didn't even see. Yeah. Wow. My yeah. dearest Lamar. It's, dude, it's steep, too. It's it, a lot. I'm just going to get right into it. Baltimore Ravens failed. Uh, that is what happened on Sunday. They lost, and they lost bad. Easily our worst game of the season, except maybe week three. But even then, we put up a game. This was Nothing. It's one of those games to lose, and hard to say to yourself, it's just a game. Just move on. There's always next year. You did good. No. This was ours to win, and it was ours to lose, and we lost it bad. Todd Munkin, you were terrible. Your play calling was atrocious. Same goes for Harbaugh and Lamar Jackson's playmaking. First thing I'm going to say is the thing that everyone's really talked about with this game we gave up the run game fast really really fast we had 11 rushing plays 11 we were the number one rushing offense in the nfl this year and we had 11 no let me let me is that including scrambles can i i I was gonna get there i trust me i have everything go for it so 11 of those that does include the scrambles oh Gus Edwards' best run of the game was 15 yards. You want to take a guess how many carries he got after that? Two. Six. One. He had (laughs) one more carry after that play. He had three total. Three total carries for our number one running back. Between our actual running backs and run plays that were designed run plays, of the 11, we had six. Total. 
So right there, that's how we lost the game. Easily. Because people know you can run down Kansas City. That was known. That was a known factor going into this game. It's what a lot of people talked about going into this game. But we just decided we're not going to do that. And then there was Lamar. Lamar's decisions were terrible at best. His best play of the game should have been an interception. Straight up. Because he threw the ball. It got tipped. There were two defenders ready to catch the ball. He just snuck between them and ran for a first down. Does it look cool? Yes. Was I cheering him on when it happened? Yes. But in hindsight, it wasn't good. It shouldn't have happened. And a lot of his plays got, a lot of his passes got batted down, tipped, or were overthrown. When he ran the ball, he did good. But after a while, he stopped running the ball. The only wide receiver, or receiver in general, who decided to show up for this game was Zay Flowers. And you know what? He had a really nice touchdown early in the game. It was really nice. And then he let his inexperience get to him. He started, he, we got the taunting call where he spiked the ball at someone's head or spun it, whatever you want to call it. And then there was the fumble entering the end zone. I'm less angry about the fumble. Was that him? Yes, that was him. Oh, wow. I'm less angry about the fumble because it was a good catch and he was diving for the end zone. It just got punched out. That's football. That's going to happen. But it was also still on him. I, And no other receiver showed up. We had Mark Andrews and Isaiah Likely. Lamar targeted neither of them. Lamar didn't really target a lot of people. He didn't really throw the ball. And if he did, it was a bad throw. He, was, he reverted to his old self. Staying in the pocket too long and overthrowing his players. He didn't want to opt for the quick route or the underneath throw. He thought, I'm just going to get the long ball every time, or I'm going to get the really good first down chunkage pass. You're not going to get those every time. You're going to need to throw the underneath. That's how football works. And you're going to need to run the ball, which we did not do. Now, that's the offense. Let me get to the defense. I have a little bit less written about the defense here. Understandably. Yeah. Because the first half, they were lackluster. But the second half, they were lights out against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Did Travis Kelsey ran all over us. But that was expected. That was the least surprising part about this game. Because it doesn't really matter who you're going to put on him. Mahomes is going to put the ball up in the air, and he's just going to little boy whoever's on him. That's just what he does. But the second half, Roquan Smith and Kyle Hamilton specifically stepped up. They couldn't run the ball. Besides to Travis Kelsey, they couldn't really throw the ball. They did not score. And they did everything in their power to get the ball back into Lamar's hands to score again, and they couldn't. They just couldn't. So kudos to the defense. Slow start, but you did what you had to do throughout the rest of the game. The only really bad play they had in the entire second half was the one underneath the two-minute warning that was to seal the deal. But if that's... If that's where you lose, I, I, I'm not, I can't put that on them. They were on the field too much. They were gassed. Only 17 points. Only 17 points the whole game, and that was all in the first half. And now I'm going to get to the part that has less to do about the players, more to do about the game itself. Now, there were a lot of unnecessary roughness plays called 
on the Baltimore Ravens. It was a very chippy game, a lot of back and forth. Now I'm not going to come out here and say that the Ravens shouldn't have gotten the calls that they did because there were a couple of them that were very much deserved by Baltimore Ravens players. But you're telling me in every single one of these scuffles, every single one of these pushing and shoving back and forth, Ravens Ravens were the only one? Ravens are the only one who are getting those unnecessary roughnesses. Not a single Chiefs was pushing back. Because if you watch the footage back, they were. They were all shoving each other. But there was a clear bias in this game. And I know this is the part where it's a bit, you know, you're just going to blame the refs. The refs aren't always the reason we lost the game. But it didn't help. And the most frustrating part about this whole experience is watching Patrick and and Travis just run down your team and then 30 seconds after they cut to commercial all you see is their faces over and over and over and over again Mahomes I'm, and I'm never using State Farm <laughs> I'm never eating at Subway whatever credit card Travis Kelsey was trying to sell me I'm definitely not using <laughs> you're getting the Johnson & Johnson vaccines <laughs> it, it's just it's infuriating, especially in a game like that. Now, I understand that's not really on them. You know, they're, they're going out there making their money, and you got to respect that. But as a fan, it gets defeating, especially when you know your team's going to lose, and it's just them going, Hi, I'm Patrick Mahomes, and I just want to lose it on my TV. That was a terrible Patrick Mahomes impression. I'm sorry, I'm not good at doing Kermit the Frog. You want, you want Subway? I knew it was coming. Yeah, so did I. Yeah, that's all I got. Boys, please. Would you want to go first or you want me to go first? Um, I mean, we could just kind of discuss it here. Um, I think the, there was very valid concerns. I The rushing part was the craziest thing to me. That's wild. I mean, how do you – you're only down – what was the – what was the At biggest, most 10. At um, most 10, right? Yes. Run it down their throat. And that was in the, the first half. They were still down 10. Why would we get away from the run? Just run it down the – tire them. Do you know what was the time of possession in the first half, the first quarter? It was bad. 13 to like 2. Yeah. Unbelievable. If it weren't for those, like, I think it would be like 14 to 1 if it weren't for that crazy first down to Mark Andrews or something that led to the – And it, by the way, I my personal favorite play was the Zay Flowers touchdown. That was the best play. That was game. sick. That was the best play of the game. He evaded a sack and, like, that was – What was it, like 10-7 at that point? It was 7-7 seven, seven at seven, that point. 7-7 at that point. And I, I saw that play and I was like, this could be a really good game. Oh, could yeah. be a really good game. And it turned out it wasn't. It was a really bad game. Oh, something I didn't mention about the run, but I kind of wanted to bring up, is the least amount of runs that the Ravens had this entire season was 22. Oh. Today <laughs> was 11. scrambles as well? Uh, that is including scrambles as well, but, you know, in general, that's still more running. It's a lot more. And it's double running. The last time Lamar Jackson and the Ravens lost in the playoffs, they did the same exact thing. They abandoned the run. To the Titans... We had, uh, I think it was six runs total. It's fear. It's a, it's a team built around running. I don't understand. It's not fear. It's panic. Panic. That's yeah, what it that's is. That's a better word. Panic. Because they're not afraid to run the ball. They're just like, Lamar, save us. And they're like, huh? Just do what you do. It's not. And I don't know. This is my thing. When it came to the offense, I don't blame Lamar that much. I mean, he missed a lot of throws. No, but Lamar was bad. Lamar was bad. But the play calling was worse. What is he supposed to do? Now, this is my well, he's curiosity. supposed to complete passes. How much, how much of it was his decisions to make plays? Because you know how some quarterbacks, like, for example, Patty Mahomes, you could tell that like some of the plays are his plays and some are Andy Reid's. 
But how much of it is Lamar and how much of it is the OC? Because if it's mostly OC, it's his fault. Like, like that's the number one person to blame. But if it's 50-50, then Lamar's the number one per- person to blame because the play to calling was horrendous. That was by far the, the Achilles, like, what, well, the dagger. Play Here, calling. Ravens. Here's my thing, right? We do, go through this whole year, and we finally eliminate this narrative that Lamar is not quarterbacky enough, right? Whole year, we were like, oh, he's a running back, he's a running back. And finally, we get to the playoffs, we're like, you know what? Let's give him a break. He's been a quarterback this year, a real quarterback. And you get in a game where your offensive coordinator asks you to throw the ball and lead your team to victory. And what did he do? He looked like a running back. Play calling doesn't make you throw into triple coverage in the end zone. You can't you that can't play true. play calling. That is true. And really it was it was poor decision making and what it came down to is he looked nervous. He he was playing like he had never played in a big game before. I I I can't help but agree. I think that Lamar is the top tier like right at up there with the problem. I just believe that the play calling was also horrendous and probably would be like they if you don't have a good play to work with you're asking him to throw, and that's just a bad play. What is he supposed to do? But at the same time, you are now the second or third highest paid quarterback. He got paid. He got the situation he wanted. I think there is a lot to say about Lamar in this game because because you have to look at he had finally got two receivers. One he demanded in Odell. They drafted one like he demanded. They got a top-tier O-line. They, they have, have the number Andrews. one defense, in my opinion, and two number one tight ends. What else do you can you and have? Here, uh, this is my other thing here. If you go into the game with the exact same scripts, the exact same play calling, but you put Patrick Mahomes, you put Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, you throw Dak Prescott, Jalen Hurts, Brock Purdy, any of those names in there, they're doing a better job. They're managing the game better. They're making better reads, better decisions. They're putting the ball in harm's way less. And they're probably showing you a closer game. Herbert wins that game. Herbert wins that game. Yeah. I I just, I think it really, this was the game that was going to really be a huge, like, moment for Lamar. Like, it's a make it or break it kind of like, are you the guy? Are you going to be up there with Mahomes, Allen, and Burrow? And he just went right back to the second tier. He went back to the second tier, and this game, and if he doesn't show up next year, because he's going to win the MVP, so it's not like this guy is in the top Oh, no, he's absolutely... But yeah. he's everyone was like, this is the year he ch- goes into the arguably best quarterback in the league, and he's out of it again. He just went right out of it. And what's funny is, is when we thought that Lamar was replacing Allen, but in the recent weeks, we just saw it go right back to Allen, Allen taking it right back. So it's, and- just, it's just a shame. Just to defend him a little bit, and I know I've been harking on it. We've all been harking on it. They gave up on half the offense. Now, you ask any quarterback to just throw the ball the entire time, they're going to make mistakes eventually. Now, he made some really bad mistakes. He kept overthrowing like he did early in the season before he corrected himself, and you could tell the nerves were really starting to get to him. But the not running the ball is really, really, really what sank us. I agree. Because... It's not like we're bad at it. We were the best at it. But but don't you agree with my point here? Is that if you put a more of a game manager style quarterback out there, he's going to win the game, or he's going to at least give you a better chance to win. Yes, but the thing that hurts us, and I don't know if this is Munkin or if it's Harbaugh or if it is Lamar, 
That's not who Lamar is as a quarterback. And True. We, we know this. We knew this. We changed our whole schematics around this. And then threw it out the window when it mattered the most. Like, are you going to, it's basically saying forcing like Brock Purdy to read option all the time. True. It's like, you what know, are you doing? I was, I was scared that we were going to lose our offensive and defensive coordinator to head coaching jobs this offseason. Now I just don't want to lose our defensive coordinator in McDonald because he is phenomenal. I don't want to lose him. Monken, you know what? After that, don't care. Go wherever you want. I don't blame you. Could you imagine the Ravens with Biennemi? <clears throat> Eric Biennemi? Oh, my God. Well, also, Biennemi is more of a vertical style, down the field kind of Still, guy. But it doesn't matter. He's the best I've seen in the league. The best, the team that's just just needs a good play caller that just doesn't panic. It's the best guy for it. True, but I I think that the Ravens defense, first of all, was so good in the second half. I agreed fully. But the, I want to turn it to the other side, the Chiefs in this. First of all, yep. I, I I saw I saw because you know if you go on social media, all you see is like there's only one man that could save us, and it was Lamar last week, and now it's there's only one man that could save us, and it's Brock Purdy. But I saw something that was really interesting. It was a it was a Mahomes clip, and it was redoing a quote for, I think from The Dark Knight. And it was the Joker saying like, "You are, you're gonna be a hero. Everyone's gonna love you, and then you're gonna become the villain." It's dead. it's just. I know you know it. You either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. And it was Two Face, dude. Come on, that's oh. bad. That's bad. Sorry, that's bad. But still. I think at least he got the movie right. Yeah, <laughs> I guess he wasn't even Two Face then. He was still Harvey Dent. The action hasn't even happened yet. It's whatever. It's, it's besides fine, the it's point. Fine. Anyway, it's, show's ruined. But so <laughs> I'm Batman. <laughs> it's a sports, whatever. So the I thought it was really fascinating because it's like when remember like th- last time the Niners and the Chiefs were in the Super Bowl, we're like oh Mahomes. Well, this how is about the just guy. Mahomes taking over Brady? Like we were all rooting for Mahomes. Yeah, and now and now he's the evil empire. Uh, yeah. Which I gotta say is a testament to the Chiefs. They are now in a. I think if they win this year, it's a dynasty. I mean, Confirmed. right after the game, you called me. How mad were you? Extremely mad. But you know what bothers me? What bothers me is not the Chiefs becoming a dynasty. Dynasties happen. It's like it's bound to happen. It's gonna be another dynasty. What bothers me is this quarterback is only 28, which is impressive. He only has 3,000 more yards, and he has I think 20 something more touchdowns than Brady did at 28. And by the way, Brady hasn't even gotten to his prime yet in this situation. That's only. That's a, that's a lot. No, but that's I'm saying, a lot. But I'm, let me finish, though. Let me finish, though. And they're already calling him the GOAT. Now, don't get me wrong. 20 more touchdowns, 3,000 more yards. It's really impressive. It looks like a half a season, if not, uh, or a really bad one season. But there is still 12, if not 15 more years we need to see from Mahomes before we can automatically say he's the GOAT, or probably at least seven. I agree. And I think they're saying he's the greatest ever way too early. Don't put that on him, first of all, because that's not fair to put on him. I mean, I mean, he probably loves it, but it's not fair because if he, if he loses the Super Bowl, everyone's going to be like, but you're supposed to be the GOAT. And no, he's not. And it, it don't take away the fact that he is on track to – but also don't already call him that. Yeah, so that's the thing. Every every quarterback from here on out that we consider great is going to be compared to Tom Brady. Tom Brady who played until he was 93. It's it there Tom Brady doesn't come around very often. He said in an interview like yesterday he was like 46. I was like, "Oh my god." He still like, he still could come back and play. I wouldn't even bat an eye. Did you see the clip of him that's rolling around the internet at an award show where he just threw a dime that across was insane, the room? Yeah. Also the Niners asked and talked to Brock Purdy 
about having him be the starting quarterback just for one year. Yeah. And Brock Purdy said, as much as I was mad, I, I understand. Brady said, no. Could you imagine if Brady was on the... It would be another Brady-Mahomes Super Bowl. Yeah. I'd, I don't know who would favor in that one, but... I don't know either. Um, I forget what my train of thought was here, but... If, if you forgot, can I... Go ahead, go. Time, as much as I was, you know, harking on the Ravens, I do have to give the Chief their, Chiefs their flowers, right? Yeah. They won the game. They were... Brutal. Their defense was still really good, as bad as decisions Lamar did, made. Chiefs were still good on defense, and their offense was amazing. We put we put four different guys on Kelsey, and at one point it was Kyle Hamilton. Kyle did Hamilton finally got scored on. His first, yeah, the first time he ever got scored on yeah. was a connection from Mahomes to Travis Kelsey. And In the you conference know championship. I can't be mad about that. Did you yeah. know that the Chiefs had one player that had never been scored on, and he saved himself from getting scored on. He took the fumble, I think. He got the fumble. Legarius Sneed has never been scored on? I believe so, yeah. There is not a chance that's true. I believe so. It was said in the division round. Him or the other corner? I think it was McDuffie. McDuffie. McDuffie's okay. a rookie. It was McDuffie or Sneed that have not, all season. Not like ever. Like all season. Oh. Like they've never been scored on all season. And like I I didn't, I remember it being one of them, but whatever. If it was Sneed, then he saved himself, but... I remember that, and I was like, "That's crazy too." Yeah. Like, there's one each that I've never. Been I mean, what a play by Snead! That was unbelievable. Unbelievable. And you know, I know we're you were just talking about the uh, goat conversation, but it comes to Travis Kelsey, the only one comparable to him is Gronk, and he is. Well, you could throw Tony, t- Tony G. Tony, Tony, G. Tony, Tony G. But he's just breaking records and still All going right, so out real there quick, and dominating. Quick exercise. Not too much elaboration needed. Who's the goat tight end? Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. Who's number two? Gronk. Who's number three? Tony G. Who's the go quarterback? Tom Brady. Who's number one? Or number two? Uh, Pay Manning. All right, let's do it this way. Where does Mahomes rank? Probably like eighth right now. Eighth? Eighth, probably sixth. It's just wins. because he's so young. If, he's, if he wins, it's sixth. If he wins, he's up to sixth, probably. I think he's fourth right now. Right now? No, better than Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Wow. So you got Montana? Six for six. Conference championships game. True. But we got to see how he does later. Why? Is it just the greatest start stretch? And if he goes like another like 15 years, doesn't do anything. I like... think he's just below Peyton Manning. <clears throat> really? Yeah. Or, well, come on. Peyton, uh, uh, Montana, and Brady. Well, this is my thing. He might, like, this is what I said. This is how Gronk I'll evaluate. Because Gronk is like the Shaq of tight ends. Yeah. The greatest, most dominant. Well, actually, Shaq lasted a while, but like the run that Shaq's prime was unstoppable, unstoppable. and then just kind of disappeared <clears throat> later on. Like when you were there, when you were doing your thing, you were unstoppable. But Kelsey has the longevity, has worked with more than just Mahomes, and has the just the greatest receiving tight end ever, the greatest blocking Gronk. <laughs> but <clears throat> the thing with the and Tony G's like in the middle, but. Uh, with when it comes to Mahomes, you got to think like there's so much more of like Brady, of course, is a goat, but Manning has done it year after year, record after record, and then you also got to put A. Rod, who is probably the most talented arm until Mahomes. If you could still argue, Mah- uh, Rogers has a better arm than Mahomes, and then you have, of course, Joe Montana, who's the OG quarterback. Rogers was a known playoff choker. That is true, but we're talking talent wise. Aaron Rodgers probably. We're not. We're not really talking just talent wise. We're, we're talking legacy. culmination of everything. Culmination of everything. Yeah, but I'm taking Patrick Mahomes. But MV, before MVP. If I want their career, if he retires tomorrow. Oh, if I want their career, I'm going Mahomes. Mahomes. 
That's that is true. But I still think Aaron Rodgers at this point has a better legacy than. So you know we you knew that we were going to talk Ravens Chiefs most of the time, and but we're going to move on to the other game, which was the better game in my opinion. We got to go to the NFC Championship. The Lions came into Santa Clara like they were shot out of a cannon, scoring within the first four, four plays of the game, and then soon jumping out to a 24 to seven halftime lead. But that was short lived because in the third quarter, when a failed fourth down with a failed fourth down conversion, a fumble inside the 30 yard line, a three and out, and a for some reason going for it on fourth down to tie the game, the the, uh, the game was tied at 24, and then the Niners scored. 10 more unanswered points to make the score 34 to 24 and with only a few minutes left many mind-numbing coaching decisions sealed the fate of Detroit and they allowed the Niners a chance at vengeance at from Super Bowl 54 when they lost the Chiefs what happened to Detroit um Dan Campbell was Dan Campbell yeah they lost I think I th- I agree I just think they lost to what they won by they kind of like they just lost to how they're winning I hated the decision and i know it's easy and people are gonna well it's easy to criticize when it doesn't work out i understand that i would have criticized if it did work out i agree because it's a this is a podcast we just criticize it's a bad decision i think it was a horrible decision you have a city that has never seen a super bowl let alone held a lombardi trophy foaming at the mouth to get to the super bowl and what does dan campbell do does he play it safe and try to get the best advantage for his team? No. He tries to stick to his guns and prove what a big man he is instead of taking the smart decision. Twice he did this. Put his team in jeopardy. Put all of the fans in jeopardy. They should be reeling at him right now. He should be crucified in the press. I I think that one thing I want to say for Detroit is – they had the best quarterback performance of any playoff team, in my opinion. I think Jared Goff threw that ball better than any quarterback in the postseason, and it is a shame because his receivers let him down in the second half, and everything he was asked to do, he put his team in the best situation he possibly could, and then just was given some really tough situations. Like, why? They made him go for fourth down, like, seven to ten times in that postseason. You know how crazy that is to do? And he nailed most of them. So, I think it's wildly impressive what Jared Goff did, and he deserves zero blame for the Lions. I agree, and I think that's maybe one player. Maybe yeah. the only player. I know we, when we talked about this game, going in, going into this game last week, you know, I I was the one who, you know, took the 49ers all the way because you two were kind of going for the Lions. I said, Dan Campbell's going to Dan Campbell. Their coaching is their coaching. And that's exactly what ended up happening. The 49ers are still a team that will pound you into the ground long term. They're not a team that will go up quick and then stop. They keep going. They are a freight train. And if you let them build momentum – they will win. That's the thing. Like, momentum was on your side, and I know you're trying to put them away early and, you know, establish the, the dominance that you wanted, but you have an entire game. Just ride it out. Don't let them build momentum because we saw once they got momentum, they could not be stopped. You, you knew was, the 49ers were scoring. You was even more mind-numbing. At the end of the first half, he took the field goal. Yeah. Like, 
Like, that's great. Great job. Like, that's the right decision. Why did he stop making those decisions? Like, he was making the right decision. He was making the conservative effort to just keep the good lead, keep building, not losing the momentum. Because he's got, he's got to prove. He's got to prove that he's, you know, a tough coach or whatever he your needs kneecaps. to prove. Bite them kneecaps. Well, he has no more le- kneecaps left. So yeah, That's a shame. It's a shame, and I was really – they were the team I wanted to win it all in that conference. As soon as the Ravens game ended, I wanted the Lions to win the Super Bowl. Now I just want to cry. Is it sad that I feel like it's just, this is the first this is the first uh, Super Bowl where I'm more excited for the draft? You're more excited for the draft than the Super Bowl? Yeah, I kind of want to see. What God, happens. I cannot stand Patriots fans. The second they start losing, they're like, "Well, time for our season next year." No, you have to suck. I I was I, no, kidding. It's, you have to enjoy the Super Bowl with you without your team being in it. I, I was kidding, and I'm so glad that I said it. I know. <laughs> I, this like, I wonder is, what the reaction is going to be. It's just so privileged. I know this is I the least popular outcome for the Super Bowl, but it's still probably going to be a phenomenal game. It's the Super Bowl. Who cares? It's the best holiday. The best. Christmas? Super Bowl. Thanksgiving? Super Bowl. Halloween? Super Bowl. Halloween's not even in the same tier. Valentine's Day? Not, what are you talking so, about? So low on the That's just recency oh, hold bias. On. Hold on, let me cook. President's Day. Right. Can we make a vote? I vote to kick Ben off of the show. All in favor say aye. Yeah, aye. until President's Day. Yeah, cool. <laughs> if yeah. you could tell me when President's Day is right uh, now. January 20th. Is that true? I don't know. That can't be <laughs> That can't be true. That was that was like a week ago. <laughs> I think we would have known, right? We couldn't have just passed over. I think that's Martin Luther King Day or something. Oh my God! <laughs> I think it's February. Like he was never president, Ben. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna go on to a new segment. It's time for quote of the week. The quote of the week is that President's Day is actually February nineteenth. Oh, you knew that off the dome? Off the dome. Wow. He googled it. I did uh, not Google it. Watch the tape. There is no me taking my phone out between him saying the last thing and what I said. Just don't look for any edits in the video. So on Twitter, Billy Reinhardt tweeted on Sunday, <clears throat> does Kevin Durant deserve a tribute video from the Brooklyn Nets next week? With a poll that had around 57% saying no. Kevin Durant himself said in a responding tweet, please don't. The night will be better without it. Then another commenter named Nets Frequent put out, he requested more trades than playoff series one during his time here. Why would we give him a tribute video laughing face emoji? To which Durant replied, seems like me and Nets Frequent are on the same page. Do you think Durant is right to say any of this? And would you put a tribute video for him in Brooklyn? Is Durant right to say this? Pick up your microphone. <laughs> is Durant right to say this? Durant does not care. Durant has been doing this since day one. Mm. Um, should they give him tribute video? No. He cried t- to get a super team, got the super team, and then didn't want to play with the super team. <laughs> yeah, he tried exactly to he tried to destroy that franchise. He essentially used it as a meetup spot with his friends. And then said, this place stinks. And then dipped and was like, nah, I actually, I don't really like Brooklyn. 
<laughs> why would why would we ever give him a tribute video? But he made a cool two that should have been a three if he wore smaller shoes. He played like a hundred games. There's like eighty two in a in a season. And he was there for how many years? Three, I think. Yeah. A year and a third. It's, no. No, we should not get a tribute video. If anything, I I think he's correct. You know, he is very correct. I don't. He's saying I don't deserve it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to be there. But you, you wanted to be there in the beginning. But you know, near the end. And Nets frequent. Who I'm assuming is just a Nets fan or a Nets okay. fan account, which you know wouldn't be too unless you know otherwise. It's actually, Mister Frequent Net. Frequent. It was me. Okay. Okay. Whatever. Heat fan. You know, but <laughs> you're right. He, it's not he's me. right. He requested more trade requests. Than playing and winning playoff games, why give him a tribute video? If he goes back to OKC, you know, give him one there. At least there, he was. He did something. Yeah, he was a player. And even something. there, I didn't like how he. Nobody liked how he exited. No one likes how he acts. Nobody likes him, and he wonders why. And it's because of this. It's not because he's a bad basketball player. No, he's Be- phenomenal. <laughs> but it's just you're not allowed to root for him because he just is the worst. <laughs> I mean, do you guys remember his MVP? Uh, yeah, it was his MVP speech where he like shouted out Russell Westbrook, and he's like, "I love you, bro. I love you. No one would ever be this quick to defend me. You're my brother for life." And then, like two years later, he was like, "Nah, actually, screw you. I uh, I don't really like you anymore. I'm gonna go play with Steph Curry," and then dipped. And now they won't even speak to each other, and like they'll fight on the court and stuff. And then when he got to okay or the when he got to Golden State, he was like, you know what? People don't like me here. They're kind of making fun of me. I'm gonna dip out of here too. And he was like, yo, boys, rendezvous, Brooklyn. We're gonna go chill there. And then no one wanted to join him there, or no one wanted to play well there at least. And then he was like, you know what? I'm gonna go out to the desert, do some ayahuasca with Aaron Rodgers, and uh, try a super team out there. And now we're here. It's. It, he does it to himself. He's the worst. He's the worst. And he's such a good basketball player, and I wish I could root for him. I don't get why anyone would buy his jersey unless you're a person who is a super fan, and it doesn't matter who's on your well, team. You get every single player's jersey who's ever been on your he's team. He's phenomenal at basketball. That's why you buy, your, buy his jersey. Phenomenal. That is, true. that is true. I think the only jersey you could get that's reasonable now is OKC because he just was there for so long. Well, you can go... Golden State, at least he won there. He won a championship. Yeah, true, true. You can go Brooklyn because it's just the coolest looking one. But all right, so then all of them are an option now because he's <laughs> and the Suns he's, jerseys, he's on, yeah, the Suns, on the Suns. So yeah, and his next team will be pretty cool too. All right, well, I, I, I was more saying it for the purpose of he's just not going to stay there long. Yeah, you know that that's was, the thing that's with all true. NBA players though they leave like wildfire. Oh, it's such a player controlled league. It's, it's like, so lame. It's lame, in my and it, they're just going to go wherever they can win. Or exactly. wherever they're gonna make. Where they're gonna money. make money? Yeah. Now, but there are some players who will move, but you know, there's moves make sense after a while, yeah. right? Like LeBron started in Cleveland. He goes down to Miami to win. He wins there. He goes back to Cleveland. Wins there. Cleveland, this is this is for you. This is for you. And you know, he won. All right, I won for my hometown. Now I'm gonna go join the best franchise in the sports history, and goes to join the Lakers. Yeah, yeah, I. To me, my favorite players are the ones that either start at, My favorite is when they start at one organization and build that themselves. Giannis, Curry, 
I'll even throw Dame in there because Dame got a you know he got screwed at the end. Um, players that you know have to bounce around the league and then find their spot and don't abandon it. I like that too. Um, Kyle Lowry in uh, in uh, uh, Canada. <laughs> the country oh of God. Canada, um, Raptors, Jimmy, yeah, <laughs> Jimmy Butler in uh, Miami, like t- guys like that. I like that too. But Jimmy Butler was in Miami, but like he moved around a lot. He moved too. around because no organization fit him. I like guys like that. Like, but he won't go anywhere from Miami. True, um, but I, I don't mind that. It's just the guys that bounce around, and it's like you have to cater to them. That's why, that's when I stop liking the NBA. True, I think there's a lot of problems with it, um, but we have some M- another NBA team to talk about and burning questions in just a moment. But with Kevin Durant, I think he, I think it's hilarious when he does it. I think it makes him interesting, at least. I think it's ridiculous, but I also think it makes it very interesting to hear what he's what he's gonna say next on Twitter. But. No way! Do you put a tribute video of him? I don't. I think you want to just forget about those years that Katie. He's Antonio Kyrie, Brown. Yeah, yeah. I think you just want to forget about the years Katie Kyrie. A little less and problematic. Harden. True, but it's basketball version of Antonio Brown. There's just less CTE involved. Yeah, true. But I think the the years with KD, Kyrie, and Harden, you kind of want to forget because it was just so. Just so toxic at the time. <laughs> it is. It's it's forgettable. Forgettable. And it's so crazy that you have those three on the court, and it's a forgettable time yeah. period. Well, I mean, look at the three names. Harden, Kyrie, and Durant. They're all toxic. Yeah, but look at those names. It's Harden, it's Kyrie, and it's KD. You know, it's one of those it's, it's button heads of list True. of names. True. It is time for the burning questions. We only have one this week. Because we took so long on Top Story that I knew that... It's a I was, sizzling question. Yeah, it's, it's just a sizzling question. The New York Knicks have been on a tear last week, going for a six-game winning streak and climbing up to fourth in the Eastern Conference. I think that might have gone up to seven if they won yesterday. Uh, they have the same amount of wins as the 76ers on Monday. And how far... So how far do you guys think this team is going? And do you think they're overhyped? I just want to say... Uh, sorry for my comments last week. Uh, I was proven wrong just by them playing this week. I, you know, I just. What'd you say? They're the New York Knicks. What do you expect? And then this happened. They haven't won anything yet. I, I know. I know. A really good. Moment. But since I said that, they've been kicking butt. So I feel like I need I to apologize a little bit. I saw something today that this is like the best month of net Knicks basketball since like the 1900s. It's like statistically, <laughs> the amount of wins they've gotten is the best. Which is crazy. Um, my problem with the Knicks right now, the Knicks look phenomenal. But whenever an NBA team peaks before the All-Star break, what happens to them? They fall They off. die. They sizzle out. They lose the heat. They stop shooting that well. They stop clicking. Something happens. Unless you're a team that's built to make deep, deep playoff runs with superstars and certified guys that we know are good it's it scares me a little bit and I, I like this Knicks team honestly it's it's not a team that I root against which is rare for me to say with the Knicks I, I'm not a huge Knicks guy but there's a there's a lot of likable players um, but I just I don't know I still don't see a championship from this team 
They moved. They moved up to third, by the way, after they won last night. I, but I don't see them beating the Bucks, and I don't see them beating the Celtics. I mean, who? That's really kind of what it comes down mm-hmm. to: is Bucks and Celtics. And but for an upset to at least beat one, the Knicks I put up there to have a shot. But here's the thing: they've shown us really not much in the postseason. When was the last time they won a? Uh, they beat a very flat Cavs team. Yeah. So it it really they haven't shown much. But another interesting factoid about them, Denver pulled up to two in the Western Conference, and OKC dropped down to third. But they're one win away from tying OKC in wins. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, they're they're up there. and But I still think they're overhyped, though. Who is going to be that guy? You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, the playoffs in basketball, it just comes down to who's going to be that guy that drops 60 and you can't beat it. Now... We've learned that that doesn't always matter because who's the superstar that dropped like an absurd amount? Luca, and they lost. Was that Luca? Right? No, Luca won. Luca won. Devin Booker dropped sixty something and lost, and Cat also dropped sixty something and lost. Yeah, like first of all, last week was insane. The amount insane of sixty amount of points of scoring. We saw Embiid with a seventy piece. Yep. yep. Luca with a seventy piece, yep. and Booker and Cat with sixty two. Yep. And yeah, the, and two of those were losses. Yeah, they went two and two in those games. It, you have to, it must get seventy in order to win. But I anyway. guess <laughs> that that's an insane standard to set. But who do you think? Uh, who do you think is going to be that guy that gets those needed buckets? Like, I get it. Like the regular season, you're going to get sixty point games. But when those defenses start actually playing defense in the postseason, and that's a big thing. Who's gonna Who's gonna defeat? An actual defense, because what we learn is they don't really play that much defense in the regular season. They play defense in the fourth quarter. So I think that it's going to be very telling to see who's going to be that guy that gets a bucket. Is it going to be Brunson? Is it going to be, like, you know, can he be that guy? I don't I don't really think so. You I know? think Brunson can, but can he do it for an entire playoff run? And my problem is the Knicks... He's not a he's not a great shooter. The Knicks are not a great shooting team. I think they got better this year, but they're still not great shooting. And really come playoff time, you're gonna need your shots to drop. And if you're not a great playoff shooting team or shooting team, it's gonna be tough in the playoffs. And they're shooting well right now. They're obviously getting a lot to drop. They're clicking. But like I said, when you do that before the All Star break it's really hard to make it stretch for an entire season. And watching them, they make a lot of mental errors that they, of course, make up for. But if you make those kind of mental errors come postseason time or even when in this final stretch, you go cold and make those mental errors, they're going to lose you games. You are in the postseason, you make a mental error, you're losing the game. So it's just strings along, and then you make more mental errors with losing. So I just i am a little worried about they make a lot of boneheaded moves mid-game. And, of course, in the regular season, it just gets like thrown by the wayside. Like, oh, that never happened. Like, we kind of saw it with the Lakers a couple of years ago when they lost to the Suns. They made so many ridiculous decision-making. And, like, it was just – it was, like, so many questionable decisions that team made. And then everyone's like, oh, but they're made the postseason. They'll be fine. But then it just destroyed yeah. them from the word go in the postseason. So – I think that that's going to be a very big cause of concern. Can they put it together? Because they still haven't fully put it together. They're just hot right now. So I'd say they're overhyped, just for now. We need to see more. I think, see, I'm going to kind of take the alternate approach. I think for now, I like where they're at. I love where they're at. But I think come playoff time, I think we're going to see 
that they might have been overhyped. Yeah, you're saying they're not now. I say they they I say they have to get to be where they think they are now. Yeah, that's why I'm saying they're. Overhyped. I want to see consistency, yeah. not just in this month, but in the months come. Exactly. All right. Do you have anything else, Rob? Nope. All right. So. I like their colors. <laughs> <laughs> Great. It's, it's Mets colors. I hate their colors. Yeah, fair enough. Stop right there, guys. I know you're listening or watching the podcast right now, and I hope it's the greatest episode of podcast history that you've ever seen, but I have to interrupt real quick to announce our first giveaway. Yes, we are doing a giveaway, Dear Hollow Heroes, very first. And what are we giving away? Well, hold on. I have to put the mic down. might be audio weird, but I mean, the audio has been bad all episode. I started editing already. I'm from the future, and I peak a lot, so That's right, our own Dear Hollow Hero sweatshirt. And yes, I can still talk, even with the sweatshirt up. Guys, we have our very own sweatshirt we're giving away to one of you lucky fans. How to get it? It's very simple. All you need to do is follow us on one of our socials, which is Instagram, X slash Twitter, whatever you call it, and TikTok. You have to message us either DM or on one of our posts a question that you have or a take that you want for our next episode. And also on top of that, I will be posting on X and Instagram and Twitter a poll of what game time we should do for next week. You're able to give us a take and a vote for what game time you will be put in to a potential chance to win at the giveaway. The giveaway will be announced next episode. Guys, we hope that you are a part of it. And of course, we record on Tuesday, so we'll end on Tuesday night. So, hope to see you guys do that. We want to hear what you have to say. Love you all. Back to the pod. All right, so it is time for Locks and Upsets. Guys, are you guys ready? I guess. You guess? I right. suppose. Close enough. So, Let's wrap this shindig up. All right, I'm going to go first then with the lock. My lock of the week is the OKC Thunder will get their vengeance. They lost to the Timberwolves, but they won't lose to the Nuggets. They are favored in that matchup, and I'm being a little bit overconfident, but I think the Thunder are going to defeat Jokic this week what do you got kind of in the same vein maybe a little bit of a an overconfidence by me but you know what you they've been playing well consistently so i'll just say it uh i'm gonna go with the world tennis association obviously the, the lintz bracket i'm gonna go with anastasia potpova uh she's gonna take it over sarah ariani um like you said maybe a little overconfident but i like where uh i like where her head's at right now i think she'll take it yeah, all, right, all right, and Rob? Uh, nuggets over the Trailblazers. Nice. Love it. And for <laughs> love it. And for my upset, you know, you know how usually like the AL won beat the NL for like years in baseball. It seems like the AFC always defeated the NFC for the longest time in the Pro Bowl. I think that in the Pro Bowl games, all of them combined, flag football, all of it. I think the NFC will win more matchups than the AFC in the Pro Bowl. I don't know if there's even odds on that. I think it's Eli versus Peyton. I think Eli beats Peyton. Okay. <laughs> All right, good enough. I'd have no idea if there's even odds. Watch it be so heavily favored <laughs> NFC. I have no idea. But I think the NFC is going to beat the AFC in all the Pro Bowl games combined. Uh, this weekend in the UFC, I'm taking Drew Dover over Renato Moicano. Simple as that. Bang, bang. 
Duke over North Carolina men's college basketball. Yes, because we're doing that again because Rob said the exact <laughs> Run it take back. last week, and it just didn't count. So a pick so nice, we did it twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be worth two. No, it's just worth one. So right now the current standings are I am 4-0 in locks and 0-4 in upsets, which means at a total of 4-4. Four and four. Rob is 1-2 in locks and 1-1 one and one in upsets, which puts him at a total of 2-3. And, and Liam, you are 3-1 and one in your locks and 2-2 two and two in your upsets with giving you the lead at a five and three. And I would like to thank you all for listening. You can follow us on our socials at Deer Hall Heroes. You can also email us through DeerHallHeroes at gmail.com. Message us and let us know what you think and topics we discuss. Or take up your own. Listen to us on most platforms where you get your podcast. Thank you, Liam and Rob. And I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your week. See you guys next week. Peace. Try and get eight hours of sleep because I can't. Bye.